Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Show brought to you by Fantasy Life and our friends at DraftKings and Control. I'm Matthew Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle, and here with me are Jeff Ulrich, a.k.a. The Fantasy Grind, and Ian Harditz, a.k.a. I Harditz. Guys, last week we highlighted our favorite Chiefs and 49ers player props for the Super Bowl. And then today, we're going through the big game with it rapidly approaching. We're going to hit on our favorite game props, novelty props, head-to-head or game leader props, MVP bets, same game parlays, and of course, those long shots. Jeff, you right now are in uh, location undisclosed, aka Arizona. Uh, what what are you doing there? I'm just visiting family, basically, just on a on a little you know side trip, so to speak. And um, I'll tell you something: it's absolutely freezing here. Like this is ridiculous. I mean, it, it's almost as cold as where I live, which is scary. So. Not really getting much bang for my buck right now, but it is sunny out today, so I'm, I'll, I'll stop complaining there. I'm just saying it's freezing. So I mean, when the Canadian is complaining about the temperature in Arizona, <laughs> you you know that things aren't right in the world. Uh, Ian, right. I guess weather, weather where you are, how is it? Well, I was going to say, I mean, we all saw how Jeff was doing. I mean, you really pulled off that wedding dress well, man, over at the uh, Waste Management Open. So I'm sure you were freezing out there trying to do that. But kudos to you, Jeff, for, you know, getting that last place punishment done. I'm doing great. Columbus, Ohio is 55 degrees and sunny yesterday, guys. So not quite the Miami digs, but very pumped. Obviously, two straight weeks of prep for the Super Bowl. Last game of the year, Freebit. Can't hold anything back now. I know you've been telling all the listeners to be responsible, but we got six months to make up for whatever happens on Sunday. Fuck being responsible, man. Great you can point. blurt that out later if you want. I don't care. Yeah, speaking no, of responsible. No that, that should be the... Yeah. That should be the tagline of this pod. <laughs> you know, just yeah. You got six I mean, months to be responsible. Let it let loose. Let's go. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna storm through the show because right after we're done, I uh, am going to drive to another state so that I can place some bets that I can't place in this state. So that's that's the level that's of true. where we of where that's we are. Exactly right now. what we need to hear here today. Yes, perfect. All right. So uh, a few reminders before we get into it. You can find our props and lots of other bets in our free fantasy life bet tracker. Check out the Discord. We sometimes highlight the bets that we like in there my player projections as well as our official site projections can be found in the fantasy life projections tool and we have of course the fantasy life prop tool which allows you to compare our projections with those uh props across the market and then we have also the fantasy life prop finder which uh, allows you to search easily for players and to find all of the advantageous lines that they have in the market and then of course remember that lines and projections do change all right, guys, let's start with the team or game prop. So not like a player prop, but something that we think is going to happen in the game or with a particular team uh, in. Actually, no, Jeff, I'm looking at this and you have the Chiefs money line in there. What right. What is this? This is just me who didn't understand the, the question. <laughs> and I just put Chiefs money line like a complete moron. So um I, look, I, I mean, I like the Chiefs in this game. So we, we can talk about this for a second, just in, in terms of how like you could parlay this into something that may work into a game prop. Obviously, uh, if, if I like the Chiefs, you know, I think that the second half under is something that has come to fruition in a lot of their wins lately and just a lot of their games um, in general. Uh, if I like the Chiefs, I think that, you know, potentially going under on the San Francisco team total is something else that you could look at in this game. Um, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs, you know, they allowed a bunch of points to the to the Bills, but that was still, you know, they topped out at 24. The the Chiefs uh, controlling the game in the second half, their defense taking over, potentially picking off Brock Purdy. I think that's another way you could look at it. So, I mean, I do like the Chiefs in this game. I think that when you look at the, the 49ers and just who they've struggled against this year, the Bengals, the Ravens, like it, it just all adds up to these AFC teams that just seem to have had their number. And I know that's a bit a bit simplistic way to look at it, in terms of just, you know, overall, but like when you also start to look at how much they've struggled in the playoffs, Purdy's efficiency has gone down. Like I, I just, I can't get off the chiefs here. I know that the the heavier percentage of the bets is going that way, but you know, if you're looking to parlay it into game props, I think that you can take that an extension of, of however you want it. You know um, I, I would probably prefer to fade the 49ers total than necessarily go over on like the chiefs total and peg them for 30 points. But um, I think the chiefs win probably lends itself to a lower scoring game. And if you're looking at game props, you should uh, attack it like that. Okay. Uh, I'm with you on that general perspective of chiefs money line, uh, Billy Walters, the legendary Billy Walters, uh, he was doing some interviews uh, for some local uh, Vegas outlets this week, and he says that he has the Chiefs favored in this game by two, two and a half points. So 
uh yes very much uh you are on the side jeff of the best sports better in the world uh but of course you didn't understand the assignment so i <laughs> i give you no credit uh ian uh game prop or team prop anything stand out to you I will say I'm halfway through uh, The Gambler, a fantastic book by Billy. I would encourage anyone to uh, check that one out. But I'm going to go with total players with rush attempts under 7.5 at plus 160 odds. So let's yes. break this down. Of course, CMC, Pacheco, Mahomes, Purdy, Debo, guaranteed. So we're going to have five pretty much no matter what. Maybe CEH, maybe Elijah Mitchell. Hasn't exactly been a guarantee. Edwards Lair has three carries over these last two weeks, but we have seen them leaning more and more on Pacheco. And then with Mitchell, I mean, last week he only happened to get a few at the end of the game directly after Christian McCaffrey actually, you know, not didn't get concussed, but like was being evaluated seemingly after he fell on his head near the goal line. So, okay, add those two in if you really want to, but I don't think it's a guarantee. We're still sitting at seven and we're going to need a Kyle Juice check or a reverse or a stupid you know special teams fake or something to get us over that bar so honestly to me seven and a half yeah all things considered i would probably set my you know my life's at risk or something i would say eight plus players probably get a rush attempt but plus 160 odds for this inside of two offenses that have been far more willing to lean on one single back in the playoffs i do like the plus odds here so certainly you know not one i would go ahead and be putting uh, 10 units on or anything but my god guys you know, I want to put some bets down. So we're going to be sprinkling them on some nonsense like this. I like this one. I mean, I think there's a pretty decent chance we don't see Elijah Mitchell get a carry in this game. Like, I don't think he would have gotten a carry in the uh, NFC Championship if not for McCaffrey coming out, you know, to be evaluated for injury. Yeah. Uh, use uh, check, you know, no guarantee to see uh, a, a carry in this game. So, uh, yeah, I, I am, I'm leaning with you on this. And also game. Friedman, like I know the chiefs do a lot of like madness, especially around the goal line. Andy Reid's trick plays here. Ridiculous. But a lot of those end up being the pop passes. Like Rasheed Rice this season only has one rush attempt. Brandon Ayuk has zero rush attempts on this season. So I think, you know, traditionally, like maybe 10 years ago, I'd feel less good about this, but nowadays I just think the NFL has decided understandably. So like it's easier for receivers to get the football on a pitch than it is to hand it off. So I think that's going to help us out there too. Yeah, I like that. The one thing that would be kind of tilting on this is if we had a situation where there's like a, a lateral and it's like, you know, it like it's a pass, oh, yeah. it, like it <laughs> is a pass, but they consider it, uh, you know, like a, a carry for Travis Kelsey because it's just slightly a lateral. I will so say real quick side story. I couldn't find this lineup, but if anyone else uh, can find it, let me know. I used to love betting the over two and a half players with a pass attempt in the Super Bowl. And I remember doing it for Panthers Broncos and the Panthers dialed up a reverse pass for Ted Ginn Jr. And my man's was so responsible. He looked downfield. He didn't see anybody. And instead of just throwing it away, he ran out of bounds. So forever cost me that one. But if anyone else finds yeah. that line, uh, holler at your boy. That's a good one. I can think of another really tilting way to lose this bet, actually, since we're on that subject. What if Blaine Gabbert comes in and takes the the kneel downs at the end of the game because oh, it's like no. forty to ten or something? That would be tilting too. But anyways, wow. Okay, <laughs> so I I agree with your with your uh, assessment there, and then we just talked about all the ways in which it could lose, which uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, you know I guess very pessimistic thinking, which normally is on brand for me, but I almost can't, I mean I I, I'm go gonna there. make this bet just for the simple fact this is this is a great sweat. I mean you're probably gonna be sweating nice into the fourth quarter. Like this is this yes. is a great bet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, under, of course, I, I love my unders. I'm going under five and a half touchdowns in this game at minus 120. I was projected at 5.1. Uh, I like the under in this game in general. So, you know, this bet plays into that perspective. I think we have a slower paced game, more settling for field goal attempts. That's a tease for later in the show. Uh, I think more field field position battles with punts. I just think it is uh, a relatively kind of like boring Super Bowl uh, in terms of how this game could play out. And I think that just plays to diminish touchdowns. So, all right, under five and a half touchdowns. Let's talk about the the novelty bets. There are a lot of unusual types of bets that are out there. Of course, national anthem uh, bets on next-gen stats, all of the cross-sport bets. Uh, I mean, it is a menu that is unlike almost anything else. Not, I would say almost anything else unlike anything else that is available at any other point in the year. So a lot of opportunities for exploiting this, if you can kind of dig into it. Jeff, I'm going to start with you on the the front of the National Anthem. I know you've done some research on this. 
I'm going to say Absolutely. you and I, I think we actually disagree on this one, Ooh. but I, okay, I want your, I want your thoughts on the, under, I'm going to give you the, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you the under thesis on the anthem this week. And it's, it all boils down to Reba McIntyre's long history of seeing the anthem. She's I, never I've been on this every, stage, Jeff. She's never been on this stage. I have been, I've gone through every single Reba McIntyre anthem on YouTube. I could find only once did she even come close to hitting 90 seconds. And that was at a Cowboys game in Thanksgiving. And she still went at 89 seconds and I hand clocked it just in case you were wondering, I, I I like I mean just the way she sings I just don't see how she's gonna get over this. She would really have to drag it out compared to to past performances. Like she would she would have to change her singing style. She hits her high notes, but she doesn't carry them. She doesn't like you know you know just sort of dwell on them. She's terse. She's to the point. I think this goes under. I think this could go right under too. And I think that Reba McIntyre knows there's three performers at the start of the Super Bowl, and she's a consummate professional, and I think she will understand that, and I think she'll keep her performance tight, under 90.5 seconds, that's where I'm leaning, and I'm just going to throw this other prop out there because the waste management is on, and I am in Phoenix. If you want a good sweat for Sunday, Jordan Spieth, round four birdies um, versus total field goals made in this game. I would take Spieth. He's at minus 105 on DraftKings. We got three par fives, a drivable par four, a couple sharp, shorter par fours to work with. Spieth played pretty well in round one. He could easily get five or six birdies. I, I think that like five field goals in the game seems like the max, the ceiling. You know, maybe you'll get really unlucky and there'll be like seven. But even in that situation, you could get a push or something. Or actually, you won't push because Ty is a loss. So, but to to be to my point, I think Spieth is a small favorite. I think he should be uh, a slightly bigger favorite. So I kind of like that cross board. All right, that that is a great one. I will say though I'm uh I will be rooting against that because I want to see lots of field goals in this game continuing yeah. to tease for later. The anthem, I will say. I think what factors into it uh that changes from the perspective of previous years is that we do have the other songs uh also being accompanied. So like if you think back in the 90s, the 2000s, we had just the national anthem. Uh this year as you mentioned, we've got the two other songs going along with the national anthem so that actually i think might change i would say that to me means much more than what reba mcintyre has done in the past because i will say i am uh i am a degenerate I don't, I don't mind saying that five years ago i i spent way too much time doing research on national anthems so comparing uh the time of singers in the super bowl for the national anthem versus all of the other times they did the national anthem at other sporting other events. Sporting. And you would see pretty significant inflation of their time in the Super Bowl. And I think it makes sense. Like it's the Super Bowl. You have two minutes to be there singing the national anthem. You're going yeah. to milk the two minutes. And like historically, all of the times that you've been looking like in the market for previous Super Bowls, this number is normally around like 120 or something like that. So just kind of even adjusting for what we historically see with this number. I know adjusting down for Reba McIntyre, you know, uh, like an older singer, maybe she doesn't have as much lung capacity as she used to country Western singer. Maybe you adjust the time down a little bit, whatever, even if you take that stuff into account, I still think that this is just historically such a low number, but Jeff, to your point, those two other songs that they have to make broadcasting time for that, that does make me a little bit uncertain about this, but man, like it's the national anthem on the Super Bowl. You got to be patriotic and take the over. But of course, I'm saying this to a Canadian, so it doesn't maybe mean the same to you. I don't, I don't think my girl Reva is going to disappoint. I think I think she knows the assignment. She's got in and out. We'll she see. was her last one was at that celebrity softball game. So I don't give a <laughs> shit about what that time was compared to the Super Bowl. We've only seen Billy Joel and Jewel go under 90 and a half seconds since 1991. <laughs> the Freeman's point, the line is huge. All that said, I can't be super vehemently against this because of the point that there are the extra performances going first. So keep an eye out right now, guys, because usually we what they, they do the uh, pre-show on Friday or Saturday. So once we start seeing that line move one way, that's probably the answer. Yeah, no, that's true. And it actually, I think it opened at like 124 and then moved up to 90 and a half. So that's another reason to fade it. It's already moved up a lot. But 
Yeah, I, I like that we're on the other sides of this. I, I think this is actually like a super interesting bet. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see All if right. my research needs anything. Probably not. All right, we we will see. We need to build the database of uh, and, and come up with like the really scientific way of evaluating this. All right, Ian, on the the front of novelty props, what are you looking at? So I will say, you know, I've always loved the national anthem prop because it just gives you a chance to have you know sweats going for the entire game, but. Started looking at some of these cross sport props and why stop the beginning of the football game? We can start at the beginning of the day. I'm taking Jimmy James buckets plus 115 to score more points than the 49ers. We got Heat Celtics tipping off at 2 p.m., which is perfect. Like, if we just made every NBA game like the pre show for a real sport like the NFL, I just think we would all be so much happier as a country and everything. So, Jimmy buckets 21.4 points per game this season, up to 22.2 since returning from injury. And yeah, it hasn't been of history with the Celtics they got blown out the last time they played back-to-back years seven game series in the Eastern Conference Finals this feels like one of the NBA games where the stars actually get up and try to play the best of their abilities and as we know Jimmy Buckets when he does get things going can you know get 40 or 50 so honestly 20 plus points sounds good to me I'm on record with the Chiefs taking this home 20 to 10 so honestly again feeling pretty good about just the overall chances with a point total in the teens or hopefully you know in the 20s and 30s gives me the pregame sweat and at plus 115 odds i will sign up for that so jeff is someone that knows far more about a current nba basketball events my off base here man i feel like there's something here oh i i almost made this my cross board bet but then i found the speed bet this was actually the other one i had pegged i like this one um you look at jimmy butler his last 10 games he's been like 21 points or more uh in, in four of those contests i mean his floor is around 15 or 17 points even if he got 17 points like you may actually you could still win the bet. So I think that if you hit the ceiling, you're going to have a really good shot at this. I, I just don't have the Super Bowl peg to be higher scoring either. So mm-hmm. I think these cross-board bets with the points with the NBA players, especially a guy like Butler who can put in 25, even 30. Yeah, it makes sense. And I kind of like the spot, like you said, against the Celtics, uh, you know, a rival. I don't think Butler's going to come out with less than 20 in the spot. So. All right, there we go. I like that one. The, the cross-board props, those are – uh, I think all the more exploitable because like, even if there's something that happens in the market, like those are the last props that the bookmakers are going to adjust. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I, I do like that. Um, all right. I am looking at Patrick Mahomes fastest ball carrier in the game, 20 to one. <laughs> this is, this is a ridiculous prop. I will uh, very much admit that I talked about it in the Thursday betting live newsletter it's you know one of the next gen stats uh, bets that are available. I think this is a defensive battle, which means that we might not see a lot of breakaway opportunity for guys with the ball. Um, you know, we do know that in the postseason, quarterbacks tend to be a little bit more willing to run, uh, and so I think you know that sort of plays into this a little bit. We have good punters on both sides and kickers who go deep into the end zone on kickoffs. So I think that means we might have limited opportunities for return men to build up ahead of steam on a long return. Uh, because if you look uh, historically through next-gen data, not that I spent hours this week doing that, uh, but if you look at next-gen data, uh, you'll see that like more often than you would maybe expect, you see like punt returners and kick returners end up being the guys who have uh, the most speed in a game. And like, that makes sense if they're able to get a big head of steam on a return. But I don't think that we're going to have as much uh, of that in this game. Uh, And so you put all that together and then you factor in Mahomes has hit a top speed of 19.13 miles per hour this year. That's like actually pretty good. And he didn't make a point this off season of like having a running coach and actually like kind of changing his stride so that he could actually be a little bit faster. And this year in uh, 19 games that Mahomes has played, he has led the chiefs uh, three times in being the fastest ball carrier for their team. So like he's actually got a shot, like wilder things have happened and at 20 to one, I am, very willing to uh to take that shot there so that's where i'm looking patrick mahomes fastest ball carrier in this game all right um game leaders or you know head-to-head matchups jeff what stands out to you in this market i I mean i like targeting brandon Ayuk in this game in a lot of different ways and i think when you're looking at him in these head-to-head head-to-head matchups i mean i especially in the yardage i mean i i 
this is the the favorite one that I came up with was eight and a half yards over Rasheed Rice receiving yards. Even if you just look at our projections over fantasy life, we have these two projected extremely close in yardage. So, you know, when you look at how this game goes and just when you look at the setup for Ayuk, we, the Chiefs play a lot of man coverage. I mean, I think that's probably been said a lot this week already. They blitz a lot. It's typically a good spot for Ayuk. I think if anyone is getting free for a big play in this game, like even on either side, it's probably Brandon Ayuk is number one. Like, it just seems to me like that's the guy who could go for 30-plus yards. And Rasheed Rice is is fine. I But, you know, like you look at the dots of these two players, Rice Rice could easily end up with like eight catches, 40 yards. I mean, he's done that a lot this year. He's he's kind of the used more around, around the line of scrimmage. Kelsey is the guy they they almost tend to go to more downfield. So I took I took Rice for, for the yards. You can get this with Kelsey as well. I, I would prefer to go with Rasheed Rice. I think he's far more likely to end up with less yards than Kelsey. Um, and like I said, we just have this projected very close or even even between these two. So giving me eight yards at minus 115, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I think this is a good bet. Uh, I think there's a lot of game flow scenarios where Ayuk is getting passes late in the game. And potentially you don't even need that. You just need like a couple big plays from Brandon Ayuk, who's certainly capable against mad coverage of breaking off um, like a couple big, big games. So yeah, I, I just like Ayuk in this game. I like him as a player. It's the last time to, to bet Brandon Ayuk overs. I think this is a really good heads up one to take. Yeah, I do like this one. I, a good call out because as you said, the on-site projections – we have these guys very close, uh, 69.3 for Ayuk, 72.2 for Rasheed Rice. And my personal projections, I have them both like at 67, 67.3 for Ayuk, 67.7 for Rasheed Rice. So yeah, I think this is pretty close to a toss-up. So if you're able to get the extra eight and a half yards of value there with Ayuk, uh, I think that's, that's pretty good. I like that one. Uh, Ian, what are you looking at here? Christian McCaffrey, most receiving yards, plus 1,800, folks. All the other main parties are plus 450 or lower, and I just don't think that's, you know, going to be a good enough odds, I should say, when we're talking about someone who does, in fact, lead the 49ers in targets this entire postseason, looking across the entire year. Yes, it is Ayuk at 115, and then it's Kittle and Debo at 98, and right there at 97 is CMC. It really has been a 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D passing game all season long and I think when you do look against this Chiefs defense yes you know they have been known to blitz and play a bunch of man but what they really do more than anyone is play more too high coverages that's kind of what Jamar Chase was almost complaining about when he was saying like they don't have a Jalen Ramsey I don't think he necessarily was putting down any individual corners but he was putting out the reality that they almost always have safety help over the top which obviously makes someone like Chase's job that much harder when your cornerback can be trying to jam you and just play so aggressively at the line of scrimmage so when you look Look at the 49ers against those sort of man heavy and then two deep coverages. We've actually seen Debo and then Christian McCaffrey emerge as his two most uh, prone targets. So went back, watched all of Brock Purdy's, you know, incompletions throughout this playoffs. And I was trying to see like how many interceptions he dropped or had dropped. Jeff, you uh, shouted out that prop earlier. And yeah, it's been like four or five. So very much with you on the uh, Purdy interception over prop as well. But the big thing that stuck out to me, especially in that Green Bay game, was the amount of times that Purdy was just unfortunately missing a wide open CMC in the underneath areas of the field. So I know we haven't seen CMC go for over 100 with the 49ers yet, but come on guys, you know, go a couple years before that and you're going to see some huge games through the air for one of the most versatile running backs in the NFL. So with CMC, again, he's one of these guys where maybe he could rip off a 60-70 yard screen and make our life a lot easier. Maybe they get down a lot and all of a sudden he's getting force-fed checkdowns. I think there's a couple different outs here. And to me, again, that discrepancy between just the other associated major parties and plus 1,800, far too wide for me. So CMC receiving king, who says no? Yeah, I like it at the long odds. Um, the Chiefs linebackers are, I wouldn't say like they're totally vulnerable in pass defense, but they're not like the pass defense strength of that unit. So uh, you could definitely see how that happens. All right, I'm looking at Brock Purdy more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes. And I'll say, I talked about uh, last week, Pacheco versus McCaffrey. Uh, I do see at DraftKings, Pacheco plus 155 to have more rush attempts. Uh, or the most rush attempts in this game. And I, I do think there's some value with that number, uh, but no need really to talk about Pacheco and McCaffrey again. So looking at Purdy here, more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes. I bet this originally at 125. It's now plus 105. 
I probably wouldn't bet it past that, but I still do like it at plus 105. I have Mahomes projected for just seven and a half more yards than Purdy. So basically a toss up. And uh, the spread at DK is Purdy plus 13 and a half. So I lean more towards Purdy than the market does. Our official site projections actually have Purdy at, uh, let me see here, 252. Actually, I'm looking at my old notes here. Dwayne has updated the projections since then. Um, he has uh, Purdy projected for 253 and Mahomes for 245. So I actually might be even a little bit too low on Purdy relative to uh, to Dwayne here. So I think the Chiefs win. I could see them running the ball more, especially in the second half. And then I think that means more ta- more pass attempts for Purdy, uh, fewer pass attempts for Mahomes. Uh, and really the Chiefs just looking to control the ball with the running game. And by the way, speaking of control, this is where we transition into the ad read. Eating junk food is like drafting a kicker for your fantasy team. I don't recommend it, and you will feel terrible afterwards. Although, again, I have more to say about a kicker in a little bit. Instead of eating food that makes you feel bad inside and out, try control. Control is healthier food that actually tastes good. Control offers the best tasting shakes bars and cookies in the game with all sorts of amazing flavors and ian i believe that you have gotten on the control train recently uh i don't know exactly what it was that they sent you but they sent you some stuff instead of sending it to me so (laughs) i'm i'm very jealous but uh what is it that you have been uh consuming from control oh the protein shakes are absolutely delicious freeman i'm sure everything else is as well but as someone trying to you know not exactly uh, look my worst for an upcoming wedding and at least you know not have future mrs tits kill me i do appreciate again their ability to give you good nutritious stuff at you know a decent price as well so yeah all all things control i'm a fan all right so the uh the the protein shakes i'm sure all of the products they have are great and with controls bundle builder you don't need to choose just one item just one flavor you can package it all together and as you bundle up and add more products you unlock bigger discounts up to 20 percent off and you can get an extra 10 percent off on top of the bundle discount with the promo code life as in fantasy life as in live your best life with control okay Let's talk about the favorite MVP bets that you guys have. Jeff, starting with you, what stands out? Darius Tony is plus 50,000 to one. I just saw that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, you know, well, well, I don't know. That's just something to keep in mind. If he gets activated, I may just throw like a dollar on that. Um, I look, I, I like going with the the two. I think the two key offensive players in this game on both sides. Like I, I think Travis Kelsey and Christian McCaffrey are going to be extremely important for both their teams. Like I, I like I like some of the other players involved in this game, like Rasheed Rice, Sayuk, but man, like it just feels like a spot where the 49ers are and the Chiefs are gonna force feed these two guys. And I think Travis Kelsey, especially at plus twelve hundred, I know there's a whole narrative. The, oh, this is scripted. You know, Kelsey's going to get the MVP and walk off and it's Taylor Swift. But, like, you, you look at the setup for him. I mean, at the 49ers, you know, running a rookie safety, um, have been really hurt, you know, by Sam Laporta last week, like, have, have been really susceptible to elite tight ends. I think Travis Kelsey could absolutely ball out in this spot. And the other thing is, like, Patrick Mahomes has won this award twice. Like, he, I mean, it, it, when it comes down to it, if it's a coin flip between Kelsey and Mahomes, our vote is just going to go, ah, do we really need to give Mahomes another MVP? Or are we just going to give it to our guy Kelsey here, who, like, really in the playoffs has been the MVP? So I, I think Kelsey at plus 1,200 on DraftKings, still really good price. And I, I think it's really close between Purdy and McCaffrey, but I, I would lean Christian McCaffrey as well for the 49ers. It, you have to remember, I mean, these two are neck and neck in the MVP voting. Like at, at one point, McCaffrey had shorter odds than Purdy late in the year. Like he he has gotten a lot of respect from voters this year. And I think if the 49ers win, he goes over 100 you know, rush yards or something or like 150 total yards and he finds the end zone. Hard, hard for the voters to potentially give it to Purdy, who I, I think like is still underrated. But um, I think there's more scenarios where CMC carries the 49ers than Purdy necessarily does and they win. Um I just like the Kelsey bet, though, especially. I, I think those are really fair odds for a guy who's clearly the number one target on his team, clearly has a lot of positive sentiment. And um, like I said, already has a quarterback who's already won this award twice. Ian, what are you looking at for MVP? 
pretty much echoing everything Jeff said. I wish I had a sexier pick for you guys, but Kelsey at plus 1200 and Freeman, I think it might've been you that brought it up. Like the fact that the fan vote now counts for 20% with all this, you know, Taylor Swift madness going on. I think that could end up swinging things. So what have we all been talking about? Probable low scoring game, not a lot of points. This would set up as a sort of game where no, maybe Patrick Mahomes does give up one of these Super Bowl MVPs. A la Tom Brady only winning it five of seven times that he managed to capture, you know, Super Bowl glory. So this could be the Julian Edelman or Deion Branch game for Travis Kelsey. And my God, like if there is someone on the Chiefs that's going to score a touchdown, probably the guy that has 18 of them in 17 career playoff games alongside Mahomes. So I'm right there with Jeff. I think Kelsey has the best odds for the Chiefs. I also like CMC a lot of plus 450. I mean, I've talked about this, you know, on different podcasts where it's like, if we had to look at their wild card, not wild card, divisional round win over the Packers in the NFC Championship game against the Lions, like we would have given CMC the MVP for both of those games if we were forced to, you know, pick the best 49er there, given everything we know about the Chiefs, you know, pass defense being far better than the run defense. I like CMC if you think the 49ers are going to win. I like Kelsey if you think the Chiefs are going to win. Personally, I think the Chiefs are going to win. So give me Kelsey. Yeah, uh, with both of you guys on that one, Christian McCaffrey at plus 450. I think there's some value there. I have this projected at plus 370. Um, I haven't actually bet this yet because I prefer to approach this idea through an SGP, but I do see value in the number. And if we look at the MVP voting for the NFL, uh, you know, NFL awards were just last night as we were recording this. Uh, McCaffrey finished ahead of Purdy. You know, like McCaffrey won Offensive Player of the Year. He gets more credit in the eyes of football fans for everything that goes right with that offense than Purdy does. Whether that's, you know, right or wrong, McCaffrey gets the credit for it. Uh, and I think the 49ers want to attack with CMC. So uh, I definitely see uh, the path to victory for the 49ers as being something that leans a little bit more towards McCaffrey than towards Purdy. So, uh, all right. Favorite SGP. Jeff, what stands out to you? Yeah, so I put together a couple um, SGPs early in the week. Um, just gonna see which one here. So, I mean, I, I'll go. I'll give you my, I guess what I'd call like Chiefs sort of path to victory SGP. It's plus one thousand at DraftKings, or it was when I put it together. It's probably very similar or close to the same odds. Brock Purdy to throw an interception. Brandon Ayuk over 62.5 receiving yards. Debo Samuel under 79.5 rush and receiving yards. And then Isaiah Pacheco over 65.5 rushing yards. So it's pretty simple. There's no touchdowns, nothing crazy. But, you know, if Brock Purdy, I think we all kind of have him pegged for a pick. We kind of like that. Um, if he throws an interception, it means more rush attempts for Isaiah Pacheco. I think those two correlate extremely well. And then also if Purdy's throwing an interception, he's probably – throwing a little bit more late in the game too, with some up-tempo situations. I think that really helps a guy like Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel, this is really interesting. Like, I really like the under on Debo Samuel's rush yards this week. But when you add in the rush yards with the receiving yards, I actually think you're getting, like, a really nice total to fade here because, yeah, Debo Samuel had eight passes. He went over this last week in receiving yards. But, like, that was kind of his ceiling. That was the most catches he's had in a game. And, again, we're talking about a Chiefs team that plays man, not zone most of the time. I think that just lends itself to a tougher matchup for Debo Samuel. So if he has a little bit of a tougher matchup in receiving yards, I don't think the rushing yards, which has been pretty down for him, is going to make up for it. So you get a little bit of a negative correlation, but that boosts the odds here to plus 1,000. And again, it's only a four-pick play. Purdy to throw an INT. Ayuk over. Debo Samuel under rush receiving. And then Pacheco over rush yards as well. All right. I like that one. Um, I can definitely see the um... – the interceptions for Purdy and like how that can spin into a lot of other things that you talked about there. Ian SGP, what stands out to you? Plus 490 odds. We're going Pacheco over 80 rushing yards is alternate line. Fantasy life projections happen sitting at 80.2. So yeah, I'll take that, especially with there being, I believe, still minus 120 juice on his 66 and a half yard prop. So extra 14 yards for again that plus one, I believe 70. It's sitting at the alternate line. Give me that. The under 47 and a half overall in this game. Again, I think we've kind of yeah, talked through this throughout, but yeah, give me the under. And then a kicker prop from your boy. 
Jake Moody under two and a half extra points. I don't know if the 49ers score three touchdowns. And even if they do, we have a guy who has missed, I believe, four total kicks under 50 yards. God, I'm about to throw up actually talking about kickers unironically right now. But, you know, we have a kicker who has been a little bit inconsistent. A game that's going to be low scoring. And I mean, just because they do find the end zone three or four times doesn't necessarily mean they won't have to go for two points on some of those occasions. So again, guaranteeing three plus touchdowns against this Chiefs defense only team not to allow at least 30 points in a single game this season. I will be, again, trying to correlate an under game with the Chiefs with some of these props. I like the interception call by Jeff. I'd be down to add that to this as well. But yeah, I think the kicker potentially going under on the extra points element could also coincide with, again, what we're hoping for. I love it. Uh, that I think that is a great one. Uh, I'm going to have to, uh, now I'm inspired to look <laughs> a little bit more into uh, extra points uh, for, for Jake Moody. That's a good one. All right. I highlighted uh, an SGP for Kelsey on the fantasy live show a couple of days ago. If you like Kelsey to have a big game win MVP, potentially I would check that out. Here's a bet that I would look at. If you like CMC to win MVP 49ers on the money line. Uh, so right now at DraftKings, that is minus one twenty two. Uh, I would say CMC anytime touchdown, you know, like I think that's likely to happen anyway, but if he wins MVP, that definitely needs to happen. Uh, CMC over 128 and a half scrimmage yards. And then I would say Brock Purdy under 248 and a half passing yards. Uh, and I think you put all that together that gets, uh, to plus 500. And I would say those are like the basic conditions that we probably need for CMC to win uh, the MVP. Like it's not exactly the same thing, but it's comparable. And then I would say you can make similar SGPs that give you way bigger odds on the same general idea of CMC good, Purdy mediocre, 49ers win. So for instance, we talked about the, the Purdy interception. If you add the Purdy interception to that SGP, you get 13 to one odds. So, uh, you know, there are, I think a number of ways of attacking the idea of uh, McCaffrey having a good game, Purdy being mediocre, the 49ers winning, and all of that points to a CMC MVP. So uh, that is the way that I would approach it. And of course, I would do that SGP at DraftKings. We've teamed up with DraftKings and right now, the last football weekend of the year. It is the perfect time to get in on the action. DraftKings is giving all new customers $200 in bonus bets instantly when they place their first $5 bet on anything. There's no time like the present. Download the DraftKings app now and sign up using our promo code FANTASYLIFE. That is all one word. That's right. New customers who bet just $5 will get $200 in bonus bets instantly. And maybe you can use your $200 in bonus bets on some of the SGPs we just talked about if you want a bigger shot at a payout or maybe uh, put a little on the long shot bet that I'm going to highlight in a little bit. Uh, if you've already signed up for DraftKings, you can make a bet on Super Bowl 58 and get a bonus bet back instantly and the amount of your initial wager max reward varies. Uh, if sports betting isn't in your state, you can still get in on the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy for the chance to win cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use our promo code FANTASYLIFE and get or and bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That is promo code fantasy life only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours, right? And the crown is also going to be ours with some of these long shot bets that we are making. Jeff, starting with you, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, what could go wrong? What are you betting with him? Absolutely nothing. So this is an extension off the, the um, market that Ian brought up with, with CMC, the most receiving yards. I talked about this last week on the pod. This was at plus 4,000. He's moved down to plus 2,500. I think what I would do now with Valdez Scandling, if you're going to take a long shot, I still think at plus 2,500, he's bettable. I think when you look at this, this game, this setup, uh, like the, the receivers for the Chiefs, they have what I would call like lower ceilings. I mean, I, I don't think like even Kelsey, if he gets like 12 targets, may not go for over 100 yards. I mean, that's that's in his range. So um, I think that MVS, if he gets over 100 yards, is going to have a really good shot at doing this. Like I said, he's done this twice. He's gone over 100 yards twice for his career against the 49ers. And 
I mean, I just think he's going to be on the field a ton. I think that the 49ers haven't brought a ton of pressure in the playoffs. Uh, I think that's going to help Mahomes sit in the pocket a little bit more. What I would do is I would take both our bets. I would like, I think CMC at plus 1800 is a really good bet too. I would just dabble on both guys. I think that's a really fair way to look at this, this market. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk is the favorite. He's certainly got the best chance to go for like 150 yards, but he's no lock to get, you know, like more than six targets either. So um, I mentioned the matchup for Debo's not that great. I, I think both these guys, MVS at plus 2,500 and uh, CMC at plus 1,800 are, are just a little bit too big in price for this this um, this category. So I like this one. I like targeting it. But I'll just throw Richie James Jr. as my last thing as an anytime touchdown bet at plus 1,300 because why not? He's going to return some punts. He's, you know, he's like the fourth wide receiver right now, but he's I, I, like, I, I I'll stand for Richie James jr. He's, he's a pretty solid receiver. He hasn't done as much as I thought he would in this offense, but he's been injured. I just wouldn't be shocked. The 49ers secondary, a little shaky as well. I, I think that this is a spot where Richie James could just get in, you know, maybe in like a, like a 10 yard inside the 10 yard line, that short pass. That's where I would go. If you're looking for like a, a guy plus 1000 or bigger in the anytime touchdown market. The Richie James thing is interesting because, you know, it's the hashtag revenge game for him against the 49ers. And just last year, we did see Andy Reid get touchdowns to the number four and number five wide receiver on the uh, the Chiefs with those goal line plays that they had last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could see how it happens uh, Ian, what stands out to you in the long shot market. Like that call. I know we're talking uh, betting props and stuff, but if you do, you know, want to play a little bit of DFS showdown, I think Richie's only like 200 bucks. So if you want to stack yep. him with that KC DST, little double dip opportunity, gotta love that. But I'm going with uh, you can actually do most passing, receiving, and rushing yards together in a parlay, taking Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, and Isaiah Pacheco. Plus 2,500 here. I mean, when we look at Purdy versus Mahomes, Purdy's won that battle in two straight weeks. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the better overall QB. But again, trying to continue to stick under the general script the way we see this game going. If the Chiefs are going to be able to build a lead and run the football, I think it leans more towards Pacheco, the rushing leader, than it does this offense. So give me Purdy over Mahomes from that perspective. And again, Debo versus Ayuk versus all these guys. Like It's very close, but I do think that as we saw in the NFC Championship, when and he is healthy, which he's had a full week to continue to get healthier. Debo Samo is the guy they want to use more often than not against these two high looks against man coverage because Lord knows you get the football in his hands. He can break some tackles and pick up some yards in a hurry. So again, just a pretty uh, steep line here, but plus 2,500 for something that, you know, together, I don't think it's all that ridiculous. I'll take those odds as a nice long shot. I like it. The, uh, the triple crown there. Uh, it's, it's viable. You can, you can see how it happens. Uh, I, I do like that one. All right. Uh, I'm going to close this out with the the worst bet that anyone has ever talked about uh, when talking about the Super Bowl. Don't do it. Uh, I'm. I, it's already done. Harrison Bucker, 300 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> oh, no, my goodness. No. I, I will say, I bet this at 490 to 1. Uh, I obviously like it much less at 300 to one, but I still like it. Um, Billy Walters, as I mentioned, he likes Kansas city. He thinks the chiefs should be favored. One of the reasons that he mentioned was the edge that they have at kicker with Harrison Bucker and like kickers don't matter until they do. And this is a game with a really short spread. I think this is a game in which kickers will actually end up mattering. And there have been multiple games this year in which Bucker scored the majority of points for the Chiefs and was arguably the MVP of the game. Week six, four field goals on four attempts in a 19 to eight win in primetime Thursday night football against the Broncos. He hit a 60 yarder as time expired at the half, a 52 yarder to put the game out of reach in the final two minutes. And week 17, which was not that long ago, New Year's Eve, 25 to 17 win against the Bengals. Bucker was literally the only person who scored for the final two and a half quarters in that game. He was a perfect six of six with a 54 yarder and three other kicks above 40 yards in the wild card round. He was four for four. He's a veteran who has kicked in three previous Super Bowls. So he's not going to have like the nerves of someone like Jake Moody, who, by the way, having Jake Moody on the opposite side might actually make Bucker look all the better by comparison. Like this could actually be a game that's decided by a field goal. And if Moody misses one of his attempts and Bucker makes all of his, like 
this game will actually have come down to a kicker kind of de facto winning the game by doing his job. And Bucker has a 94.3% field goal rate this year, 89.1% for his career. He's a very good kicker, and he's got great distance. Seven of seven from 40 yards this year, five of five from 50-plus yards this year. This game is indoors. It's at elevation, not like, uh, you know, Broncos-level elevation. But I believe that uh, in Las Vegas, this is the stadium with the second highest elevation. So, you know, like a 60-yarder, like that is conceivable within this game. And Bucker has the leg for it. And Andy Reid has shown that he is very willing to let Bucker attempt long field goals. So perfect kicking conditions, better than usual kicking conditions in this game. Uh, and again, I think this is a game that with the spread and with the, the two coaches, with us thinking this is an under game, this is a game that very easily could be decided by a field goal Andy Reid, very fine settling for field goals. Uh, Bucker could have four field goals. Like he's done that in 15% of his games this year. And if it's a low scoring game, the Chiefs win. Bucker kicks a game winner with a couple of longer kicks mixed in. Like if that happens, he's probably still not even then like the favorite to win this award because you probably still have like Pacheco with 120 yards and a touchdown. But like, he will be in the mix. Like it, it will be like, it will be something that could happen. And I will say, just think about what we saw last night in the season long awards voting uh, process. The way that voters are seeing the game is changing. Like the things that they value and like what they are willing to say, like, oh, this is a good performance. Like that is changing. So I've said this before. If the NFL lasts another five centuries, we get five more centuries of Super Bowls. In one of those games, a kicker is going to pee. It's just a question as to whether this is that time. Uh, at 300, I'm willing to put just a little bit on it in a scenario where I do see a low scoring game. So I, I will run a marathon and have all proceeds go to kicker rights if a kicker ever wins a Super Bowl MVP. And I hate running. <laughs> And I hate kickers. This is never going to happen anyway. And I don't know why we're even talking about it. Ian, I hope I'm just that this to happens. How drunk Ian would be if 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 Harrison Butker and ends up winning the the MVP. Like how boring the game would be. Yeah. Hardit's just on the floor, just <laughs> of empty bottle of tequila, just next to him. It's just tequila it's over. And tears and blood for some reason. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Ian. I hope I hope that uh, a kicker wins this when you were like seventy, and you're like, oh, I got to run a marathon now. Pull the plug. <laughs> yeah, pull the plug, <laughs> no. Doc. I'm done. No way. All right, so that's that's where we are at this point in the show. Harrison Bucker, 300 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP, which means that it is time for this show to end. But uh, all right, before we end it, what about futures? I got one. I just want to circle. Uh, no futures. No futures. Right, fair enough. All right, well, you know what? G give us the future. Rams plus 3,500 for the Super Bowl next year. Same odds as the Browns. Worse than the Bears, the Falcons, the Jaguars, the Chargers. It's a team that went 7-1 after their Week 10 bye. Only loss in the regular season was an overtime on a punt return in Baltimore. One point loss to the Lions. I'm sure Rams fans can remember. Maybe a couple iffy penalties going on in that second half. Really was a coin flip game there at the end. As we saw the Lions go on, as we've seen the Rams do in past years, this is one of the few teams in the NFL. FC where, okay, you know, Sean McVay going up against Kyle Shanahan. I can wrap my mind around the Rams finding a way to get this done. And yes, the defense has some problems, but as long as they keep Aaron Donald, the freaking best defensive player in the world, happy, I think it's a position group that can just be fixed a bit quicker in the offseason relative to an offense that has nothing going for them. So Rams, in my opinion, man, if you want to say they're a top five Super Bowl contender going to next year, like I think you can make a case for that. And to see them put so far outside those top odds, couldn't beat me. Yeah, uh, I like that one. So on, on the Monday show after the Super Bowl, uh, Lamarck and I are going to talk about the game and then talk about uh, the futures that we are looking at. But I will we'll say you then. Yeah. that that was one that caught my eye. So, uh, yeah, I think we're we're on the same page. There. I guess, Jeff, all right, kicking it to you. Anything, if you're looking at the futures market right now, yeah. anything stand out to you? I mean, uh, it's it's short, but I like the Bengals at plus 1,200. You know, the, the Ravens just lost their DC. Um Joe Burrow on the warpath here, reloading for another go at it. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals have shown they they can stand up to the Chiefs, and I, I think that plus twelve hundred, it, it's it's pretty fair. 
I, I just have a lot of respect for that franchise and bro. So that that's where I would be looking right now. All right, there we go. Uh, before we wrap up here, just uh, quick, the quick look at out of everything we've talked about, is there something that stands out to you as the favorite? Uh, if you had to make uh, only to make- one Super Bowl bet, the one that you would be making, uh, Jeff, anything that stands out to you as the one that you are making? I mean, I like the Chiefs, and I just really think Travis Kelsey is going to win MVP. So I think that, like, just his odds, just it just seems really long for a guy who's that important to his team. So give me Travis Kelsey MVP. That's probably, like, the one thing. Like, if you're just sprinkling one little tiny bet on this game, I think that's where I would go. All right, Ian, the one Super Bowl bet that you would make if uh, – I wouldn't say if your life depended on it, but, you know, if you could make only one. Hey, a fifty-dollar candle depends on it. So Brock Purdy over three and a half rush attempts. We're still getting plus one twenty-four odds. Market has been moving, you know, in the right direction uh, with that bet. But yeah, just in terms of again, man-heavy defense. Chiefs have allowed the fifth-highest scramble rate to opposing quarterbacks. Purdy's cleared this number in three of his four full, you know, games. And as we brought up last week, we can even get there with some kneel downs at the end of the second or first half. So three and a half. Like I haven't taken the time. You know, I think we all just kind of assume it because it keeps happening. But I promise next year before the playoffs like i'm gonna look back at the difference between quarterbacks rush attempts in the regular season versus the postseason but it really does seem like man even with guys that aren't seen as you know overly mobile quarterbacks they do start running more often in january and february so last game of the year freeman can't hold anything back now (laughs) all right there we go uh for me one i mentioned last week I mean, just classic Patrick Mahomes under 21 and a half DraftKings points. Shout out DraftKings for posting fantasy point props. Uh, Mahomes has gone under this number in uh, all but three games this year. So, uh, and then the 49ers have held opposing quarterbacks under this number in all but five games. Uh, you know, we mentioned we think it's a lower scoring game. Uh, we think we will see a a run heavy type of approach from both teams. I think that plays to the under of 21 and a half DraftKings points for Patrick Mahomes. So that is where I'm going. My favorite bet for the Super Bowl. All right, that is going to do it for this prop pod edition. The Super Bowl prop pod edition of the betting life show brought to you by fantasy life and our friends at DraftKings and control. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends, join the discord, see all of our bets and the free fantasy life bet tracker. Check out the Super Bowl episodes that we have recorded last week and this week and follow us on social media at the fantasy grind. I heart it's and Matt F the Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.